ChicagoRadio.com presents stories of mystery and intrigue, espionage and suspense. Hear tales of ticking time bombs, mysterious crime scenes, and cloak and dagger action. This is Relic Radio Thrillers. Broadcasting Company invites you by transcription to join the chase. There is always the hunter and the hunted, the pursuer and the pursued. It may be the voice of authority or a race with death and destruction, the most relentless of the hunters. There are times when laughter is heard as counterpoint and moments when sheer terror is the theme. Always there is the chase. And no chase is as frenzied as that of the Playboy. it happened. Well, I knew the police would want to question me, but I couldn't face them, Tom, not just then. Of course you couldn't. They'll want to know everything, won't they? I think it's best if they do, Laura. Yes, I suppose it is. I'll have to know sometime. Oh, excuse me. Yes? The district attorney? All right, put him on. Hello, Miss Collier. I've been talking with my client, Laura Bromley. Yes, she's willing to make a statement. You're, uh, you're not preferring any charges against her, are you? Oh, good. Well, uh, we'll be over to your office at, uh, oh, say about three o'clock. All right? Good. Goodbye. Laura. Yes? Before we draw up a formal statement... I'd like you to tell me, as your attorney, exactly what happened. The whole story from the beginning. All right, Tom, if I can. There was so much, sometimes I get confused. The whole thing seems to have been going on and on as long as I can remember. Yes, I know. You see, Jerry never got over being a playboy. That's what I heard. It wasn't his fault, really. His family just had too much money, they... They were too good to him. And then, when he lost every dime, his father left him. Uh, that was shortly after you were married, wasn't it, Laura? Just about a year. Mm-hmm. He didn't even tell me how badly off we were. Well, uh, what did you live on? Cards, horse races. He was pretty lucky at first. Uh, you still thought he had an income? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I guess I was afraid to know the truth. You were crazy about him, weren't you, Laura? Yes, always. He never intended to do anything crooked, Tom. I know he didn't. 
But he had to have money and excitement. He just didn't know how to live any other way. Money, excitement, cards, horses, that's what he wanted out of life. And I went along because all I ever wanted was to be his wife. I don't know how we managed going from one smart hotel to the next, following the social trek to Florida, borrowing money, sponging now and then on our rich friends. But somehow we kept one jump ahead of our creditors. Until... until we met Nick Gordon. After that, it was different. Come in. Can I get the breakfast dishes now, Mr. Brumley? Oh, sure, Gus. Take them away. We're through. Any more coffee, Laura? No, thank you, dear. Sign the check, Mr. Brumley. Sign it, Laura. Mm-hmm. And uh, here you are, Gus. A little something for you. Oh, thank you, Mr. Brumley. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure. See you tomorrow. Sure thing, Mr. Brumley. I'll be here. Don't worry. Jerry. Yeah? Darling, you don't have to tip him that much every morning. <laughs> What's the difference? It's only money. Well, Jerry, really, if we keep up at this rate... We'll be broke, eh? We will, darling. Believe me. Oh, I believe you. Believe me, I believe you. Well, then. Darling. Hmm? That's what I wanted to talk to you about. We are broke. Oh, Jerry, again? Well, I've been meaning to tell you, but we've been having so much fun down here. How bad is it this time? Well, this time, dear, it's uh, very bad. Well, I... I could get rid of my pearl earrings. I'm afraid they'd only be a drop in the bucket, baby. I owe Nick Gordon $8,000. You owe what? Eight thousand. Jerry, how could you? That's what I've been asking myself. How could I? Man, I met only five months ago. A shady character if I ever saw one. Small-time crook with heaven only knows what kind of a police record. And I have to be in debt to him to the tune of eight thousand dollars. We can never pay him back, Jerry. Darling, I have no intention of paying him. Besides, he doesn't want the money. What? He doesn't want the money. He's willing to cancel the debt for our social connections. Sorted, isn't it? What does he want? Well, I told you. Our social connections. Jerry. Well, specifically, he uh, he wants us to arrange a card party for charity to which he, we will invite the wealth and splendor of all Miami. And? And at that party, Nick will introduce certain of his friends who are adept at cards. Nick says that we'll not only clean up my debt, but uh, there'll be a thousand or so left over as a bonus. You told him no, of course. I told him yes, of course. Jerry, you couldn't. Oh, baby, let's be sensible. He's got me over a barrel. I, I don't... What's the difference if a few of our dough-heavy friends lose a couple of dollars? They can afford I it. I won't let you do it, Jerry. A crooked card Oh, darling, game. believe me, the idea is just as repulsive to me as it is to you. But, baby, we've got to eat. Well, we're not going to eat on stolen money, Jerry. Oh, no, Laura, don't get excited, please. I mean that. I know you do. We're not going to do it, Jerry. Yes, we are, baby. I talked it all over with Nick. Oh, I'm sorry, darling. Hello, room 1412, please. What are you doing? I'm uh, calling the Potters. They'll always come to a charity party, and they've got money coming out of their ears. Jerry. I wish there were some other way, darling. I really do, but there isn't. And there was nothing I could do to stop him. Within a week, he'd made arrangements to hold the party in one of the large suites in the hotel. And he'd made up an invitation list of 50 of the wealthiest people in the colony. He kept in constant touch with Nick Gordon, going over the scheme, making sure that everything would go as they'd planned it. 
And I figure we ought to have a dice game, Nick, and maybe chuck-a-luck, huh? Sure, Jerry, good idea. Shorty, you find a chuck-a-luck cage someplace, huh? Okay, Nick. And take care of the roulette wheel, too. Right, Shorty? Right. It's gonna be a good party, Jerry, one of the best. Oh, <laughs> I got those invitations engraved, just like you said. Here, <laughs> take a look. Oh. Uh-huh, very nice. Fancy, huh? <laughs> and all in the name of sweet charity. Nick. Yeah? What about this charity? Supposing they happen to find out we're using their name. Find out? They already know. Huh? I've already been to see them. Promised them 25% of the take. Well, I thought that... Best way to do it, Jerry. Right out in the open. So we send them a check for a couple of grand. We can afford it, can't we? Sure, but I... Listen, kid, with that line of a paying customers you're bringing in, this thing will net a fortune. Okay, Nick. Okay. And the uh, charity gets a... Cut after all, huh? Sure. Everybody's going to be happy with this deal. You just leave it to me. All right, I... I will. Well, I better get back to my hotel. Laura's waiting for me to take her to dinner. Give her my best, Jerry. Sure. Oh, and, uh... Nick. Yeah? If, uh... You could spare a couple of bucks, huh? Oh. <laughs> sure, kid. Two hundred? Yeah. Till payday. <laughs> okay, till payday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. Well, night, Nick. Night, Shorty. So, so long, long, Jerry. So Be long. seeing you, Jerry. Payday. Yeah, I'll see you then. <laughs> so long. Nick. Yeah? How much does that schnook know? Just what I tell him. He, uh, he thinks it's just a crooked card game, eh? That's all. He uh, don't know the other arrangements? Nah, he figures we're milking his friends for a few dishonest bucks, and that's the end of it. <laughs> He's going to be plenty surprised when he finds out what happened. Uh-huh. I suppose he is. Shorty. Yeah? Send a wire to Dixie Davis. Tell him everything's set for Saturday night. <laughs> And the party was arranged for Saturday night. Nothing I could say would make Jerry call it off. I tried, I really did. But Jerry needed money and he was determined to get it. Well, there was money at the party, all right, big money. The women were wearing it in jewels and the men were throwing it away at the tables. Everybody was having a wonderful time and Jerry was in the center of it all, watching the $100 bills change hands like quarters. All right, folks, get your bets down. All bets down. We spin the little wheel for charity. Win a little, lose a little. All bets down. Jerry. Oh, hello, Nick. Well, how do you like it? I like it fine, Jerry. That green stuff's really rolling in. How does our cut look? Better than you think. Yeah? Uh-huh. Jerry. Yeah? Come out on the terrace a minute. I want to talk to you. Sure. Hiya, Jerry. Oh, hello, Steve. Greatest little party you got here. Say, are you enjoying yourself? Sure, it's terrific. Lost 800 bucks in half an hour. I love it. (laughs) You hear that? Steve Potter just dropped 800 bucks. We're going to clean up, Nick. Yeah, I know. Cigarette? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Going to clean up big, Jerry. Uh, What time you got? Uh, quarter after one. Uh-huh. 
Light? Mm-hmm. Thanks. Quarter after one. Yeah. Party's just beginning to roll. Figure in another couple of hours, we'll be sitting pretty. Won't take that long, kid. Another 15 minutes. One thirty on the nose, we'll be sitting pretty. Hmm? At one thirty, there's going to be a stick-up, Jerry. What? A stick-up. Four guys are coming up on the service elevator and going in the door next to the courtroom. These guys will line all the customers up against the wall, take the cash from the men, the jewelry from the dolls. Oh, come off it, Nick. What's the gag? No gag. You and me will line up with the rest of the men so as we'll look legitimate. I told one of the boys to rough me up and make it look good. Nick, let's not fool around. You know I don't fool around, kid. I figure there's 75000 in jewelry alone on these dials. Nick, if, if I thought you meant this, I, I'd go right into that party and tell... Tell what? There's going to be a holdup? How did you know about it? Because you're in on it. Nick. Uh-uh, kid. You aren't going to tell him a thing. You're going to act like a good boy and play along. You think so? Sure. I got you all figured out in one word. Money. You figured wrong, Nick. Did I? Okay, go ahead in there and tell them. Go ahead, kid. Well, are you going in? Laos, you're no good. Two time in Laos. <laughs> That's right. I'm a crummy character. But I had it figured, didn't I? And then about 1.30 when the party was at its height, it happened. All right, everybody. Hands in the air. Line up against the wall. This is a sticker. Okay, open it, Shorty. Hello, kid. We didn't expect you over here till morning. Shorty, rustle up a drink for Jerry. Never mind the drink. Nick, I've got to talk to you. Well, sure, sure. Pull up a chair. We were just counting out Dixie's share of receipts. There's your cut right there. I don't want any cut. Huh? I don't want any part of the holdup or you either, Nick. I'm through. Now, look, kid, let's not get excited. I'm not excited. Sure you are. Sit down and cool off. I'm not excited, Nick. I thought this all out. I made one mistake getting tied up with you. Okay, that's over. But I'm not making any more mistakes. Laura and I are leaving town tonight. I'm through. You're leaving? Yes. 
tonight. That uh, wouldn't be a very smart move, kid. I'd advise against it. I don't want your advice. I've had enough of that. Nick. Just a minute, Shorty. I'll take care of this. You're not going to take care of anything, Nick. You and I are quits. <laughs> kid, you're wrong. Dead wrong. Yeah? Yeah. I got plenty more work for you, Jerry, as soon as the heat dies down on tonight's job. No one knows you or me or Shorty were in on the heist tonight. They just think it was an ordinary stick-up. We need somebody with social connections. And you fill the bill just right. I told you, you and I... I know what you told me. Now I tell you. You're not leaving town. No. No. Shorty here's going to be watching every move you make. You're not leaving town. You're not getting any idea about going to the cops. You're staying right here. You're in business with me whether you like it or not. Okay, pick up your cut and count it. There's 3,000 cash. I took half of what you owe me off the books. Pick it up, Jerry. I said I wouldn't take my cut, Nick. Look, kid. I meant that. Shorty. You heard what he said. Pick it up. Grab him, Shorty. Let go of me, you lousy. Let go, you're breaking my arm. Hold him, Shorty. Okay, Shorty, once more. Pick up your cut. Pick it up. All right. All right. It's more like it. Let him go, Shorty. Good night, buddy. Laura. Yes? Why didn't Jerry go to the police and tell them the truth? Why didn't he tell them where Nick was? He didn't know Nick kept on the move. But if Jerry had only... I know, I know. It all looks very clear now. But it wasn't then. Jerry was being watched by that mob every minute. They'd just as soon have killed him. Tom, try to understand our position. All right, Laura, Jerry but... was wrong, I know that. But please, try to understand. All he could think of was some way to get free of Nick, some way to get out of the trap that was closing in on us. For weeks, we lived in fear, Tom, not seeing any way out, staying in our hotel room, afraid of every move we made, waiting helplessly for something to happen. Then one night, three months after the robbery... Jerry went out to take a walk to the beach. Hey, Mac. Yes? Could you tell us how to get the beach, haven't you? Oh, sure. You drive down to the next corner, then turn left and go... Hello, kid. Hop in. We want to talk to you. Nick. That's right. Get him, kid. Okay, shorty, drive along the beach a couple of miles. Me and Jerry are going to talk business. so worried I thought I'd better go out and... Jerry, what's the matter? 
I met Nick when I was out in my walk, Laura. Oh, no. He picked me up in his car and drove me around for a half hour. They've got a plan for a holdup of Lawson's jewelry store. They've assigned me to get the layout. Oh, darling. I'm sorry, baby. I never should have gotten you into this. Well, what did you say, Jerry? What did you tell them? What could I say? I told them I'd do it, Laura. Jerry. Oh, that's what I told them, but I'm not going to. I, I, I think I've got a way out. What? I've been going over and over it these last few days. I, I didn't want to tell you until I was sure. But they'll never let you go, Jerry. There's only one way. I can't go to the police, Laura. Please don't ask Darling. me. Darling. Please. All right, Jerry. If I went to the police, everybody would know I'd arranged a crooked card party. I, I couldn't stand All it. All right, I darling. I, I won't ask. Baby? Yes? I, I think this is the way out. This piece of paper. What is it? It's a statement, Laura. A complete statement of every detail of the holdup with all the names. Nick, Shorty, Dixie, Davis. I've even written down everything I know about them. Things I learned about other jobs that they pulled. I, I also wrote down what I did, Laura. Why? I've made two copies of this. One I'm going to show to Nick when I see him. I want you to take the other one to Savannah tomorrow. Savannah? Yes. Do you remember Tom Riley, mother's lawyer? Yes, of course. Well, he has an office in Savannah. You take the sealed copy and ask him to keep it for you. Unopened. If I ever... If I ever get into trouble, he's to open it. Jerry, you don't think that Nick... Yes, Laura, I, I do. But with this statement in Riley's office, I think Nick will let us alone. Will you take it to Savannah, darling? Of course, Jerry, of course I will. But I, I'm, I'm not sure. Baby. Baby, nothing, nothing's ever sure. But when you're in a spot, you've got to take a chance, don't you? The next morning, I took the train to Savannah. Jerry had given me the address of your office here in the building. And as I entered the front door and stood looking at the directory, I felt an arm locked with mine. <laughs> that the party you're looking for, Mrs. Bromley, on the fifth floor? Take your hands off of me. I'm sorry, Mrs. Bromley. I got orders to find out what you're doing here in Savannah. Look, I don't know who you are, but if you The name's Shorty, uh, Mrs. Bromley. Nick Gordon wants to know what you're doing here. and looks to me like you might be going upstairs to pay a lawyer a little visit. Yeah. Come on outside a minute, Mrs. Bromley. I want to talk to you. Yes, who is it? Telegraph, Mr. Bromley. Okay. I'll take it. Hello, kid. Sorry to use an old gang like that, but it saves time. Mind if I come in? What are you doing here, Nick? Just thought I'd drop over and see how you made out on that layout for the job next week. Uh, Laura in? No, she isn't. Good, good. I don't like women around when there's business. What do you got to drink, kid? Nothing, Nick. Huh? I haven't anything to drink and no business to talk over with you. No, that's funny. I had an idea you and I were working on a deal together. You had a wrong idea. You didn't get the layout. I never intended to get it. Why not, kid? I was stalling for time. 
Oh, I see. I... I wanted to figure out some way so that you and I were quits for good, Nick. I found the way. Yeah? Yes. That's why Laura isn't here. Oh, she's in on this too. Both of us. We're through with you and the rest of those two-bit hoodlums. What makes you think so, kid? An affidavit, Nick. A statement I wrote out telling every detail of the holdup. And naming you as top man. I made two copies. One of them's right here in the drawer so you can see it. Laura took the other copy to Savannah. It's in the hands of my lawyer right now. So that's why she went to Savannah. What? <laughs> to see a lawyer. <laughs> you know, Shorty thought she was going there to make a deal with the cops. Shorty? Sure. He followed her all the way up there, phoned me about an hour ago. They're on their way back now. Oh, no. So that was your bright idea. Sure. Sure, he followed her. Yeah. We've been covering the two of you for weeks. Laura, too? Sure. Just to be on the safe side. We didn't have a chance, did we? You never should have tried a stunt like that, Jerry. I guess you're right. I was counting on making something of you. A couple of years, you would have been pulling in nice dough. Now you've lost it up. So I see. I guess I should have listened to Laura in the first place. She wanted me to go to the police. I could have put you right on top, kid. Nick. Yeah? Get up. Huh? You and I are going to the police. Now. Another bright idea, kid? Yeah. Only this one's going to work. What makes you think so? A war souvenir I got right here in the drawer, Nick. Don't move, it's loaded. Put the gun down, kid. It's liable to go off and hurt someone. Get up, Nick. Okay, kid, I'm getting up. Tell you what. I'll go back to my hotel. We'll talk this over when you feel better. We're going to the police. Uh... Supposing I see it tomorrow, huh? Nick, if you go out that door, I'll shoot. No, you won't, kid. You haven't got the nerve. I'm warning you. You won't do it, Jerry. You're not the type. Nick. Your kind is soft. Takes guts to pull a trigger. Don't touch that doorknob. I mean it. I'll see you tomorrow, kid. We'll talk this whole thing over. Say hello to Laura for me. This is Mr. Bromley in room 1101. I just shot a man. Will you... Will you call Dr. Wilson immediately and then... Will you please notify the police? I... I'm sorry, Nick. I told you I meant it. I'm sorry. The game's over. For all of us. In the animal world, there is the hunter and the hunted. 
hound and fox, hawk and sparrow, chicken and worm. But who is to judge precisely which is the pursuer or the pursued as we enter the chase? The chase was created and written for the National Broadcasting Company by Lawrence Clee. Heard in the cast were Patsy Campbell, Ed Jerome, John Thomas, Roger DeCoven, and David Kerman. The chase is directed and transcribed by Fred Way. Fred Collins speaking. Next week, join us for a hunt for a monster, a strange, gigantic sea beast who becomes an American professor's nemesis on a chase. Greater happiness for more people. That's the result of many decades of proving that the American economic system is the best system in the world. Under this system, we've been able to outproduce any other nation, to turn out more goods and services per man hour, and to enjoy a steadily rising cost of living. Here are a few facts. Since 1910, we have increased our annual family income from less than $2,000 to more than $4,000. Yes, our superior production has gone hand-in-hand with the preservation of our basic rights and freedoms. Here in America, each of us is free to work in the place and calling of our own choice. No man can tell us what job we must do. We are free to bargain collectively. We are free to contract about our own affairs to our own property, to start an enterprise, and to profit from our own inventiveness. This is progress, the progress of a free people under a system which ensures the perpetuation of freedom. Tonight, listen to the history of three years of Korea on NBC. That's the show for this week, but don't forget there are thousands more like it at RelicRadio.com. Horror, strange tales, science fiction, crime, all available for free. If you'd like to donate to Relic Radio and help keep it all free, you can do that through the website as well. Visit donate.relicradio.com. To find out more about that and see the special downloadable sets that are available. My thanks to those who have donated, and thanks for listening today. Talk to you again next week. Music